Hi again, everybody, and welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast series presented by SeatGeek. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings from Studio B today at the Osher Sports Performance Center, the Wednesday after week one in the NFL, and we're heading for another home game this weekend as the Saints welcome in the Cleveland Browns. Hope you're well, and of course, all of our thoughts and prayers are with those in the line of fire with regard to Hurricane Florence barreling down on the southeast. We have our eyes uh, focused on them and our arms open to welcome any and all who would come to need uh, our assistance. So the first part of that would be, of course, good thoughts and prayers for those folks there. In the meantime, we've got a great guest for you on this Wednesday. I've been waiting to pull the trigger on getting Brian Baldinger onto our podcast, and I decided to do it sooner rather than later in the hopes that I can get him later again this season. Brian Baldinger is a longtime NFL analyst. He was a 12-year vet playing in the NFL for several different teams, notably Indianapolis and, of course, the Dallas Cowboys, too. You may, if you're a college football fan, know him from his work on Fox and FS1 and Fox Sports Net. As a matter of fact, he's got a game involving the Kansas State Wildcats and Marcus Davenport's alma mater, UT San Antonio, this weekend. Then he'll be heading off to Tampa to do the NFL game on radio this weekend involving the Buccaneers, a team that we'll talk about here in just a moment. We'll also talk about that travel challenge as well. Interestingly enough, I was in Houston to work the Astros-Angels series back over Labor Day weekend and ran into a good friend, Matt Viscarishan, longtime broadcaster, both NFL but now most notably Major League Baseball. He's the play-by-play voice on Sunday Night Baseball at ESPN. And we got to talking about our favorite analysts that we've worked with over the years. And we somehow, unprompted, came to an agreement about Brian Baldinger and him being what we thought to be one of the best, this is hands down, radio, television, otherwise, one of the best analysts of the game. Uh, And so, therefore, we're going to talk to him about that in just a moment and uh, get a little peek behind the curtain at his now famous Baldy Breakdowns. If you don't follow Brian Baldinger on Twitter, you need to. If you don't check him out at NFL.com, you need to. His Baldy breakdowns uh, come fast and furious, not only on game day, but especially on Monday uh, after the NFL weekend is over. And uh, he sprinkled a couple in from the Saints game this past weekend. And he also highlighted uh, Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns, whom we'll see at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome this weekend. So that's a lot of rambling. Uh, It's me gushing about one of my favorite guests. So without further ado, in just a moment, Brian Baldinger, our Wednesday guest this week on the Black and Blue Report. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, Here's Sean Kelly. All set to go here with Brian Baldinger. And uh, Brian, first of all, welcome. We're, we're so glad to have you. I hope you're doing well. It's that time of year. You've got probably 26 hours of work to do in a 24-hour day, but hoping all things are well. All things are well, and that's a pretty good description right there, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> not enough time to fit it all in, but that's all right. I was just sharing with our listeners a short time ago about a conversation I had with Matt Viscarishan who, as you know, does Sunday Night Baseball now for ESPN. Yep. We were together a couple weeks back, and uh, the two of us were just going over analysts that we've worked with, and both of us were in agreement that you've got to be one of the best analysts in football out there. Um, so it was great that my feelings about you and your work were validated by 
another network guy. So um, I know that you know Matt, but it was it it's, it certainly is makes it all more special to have well, you this early in the know, season. It's good to know for people out there, Sean, that uh, people understand that Matt is a, is a, a close pro, and before he was a baseball star, he was also a football analyst at Fox. So we had a chance to work together for a while, but. Yeah, uh, we, we had some we had some good fun back in I don't know still part of Charles era when he was in Dallas. That's right, I forgot about that, no doubt. Baldy, I've been looking at breakdowns, uh, you know, I just can't get enough of them, and, and I thought to myself, when did Brian start this? Do you remember when you started doing Baldy breakdowns? I actually started. I'm, I'm in my film room here at NFL Films, and uh, I probably started it like two years ago, but then I kind of really realized that. Um, really around August of last year, the fans were just starved to see what really happened. You know, to watch the same tape that the, the coaches and the players study all week long, getting ready for opponents and grading their own film, that this is what fans really wanted. is just like a big missing void in what fans are getting. Nothing against pregame shows or, you know, anything that's on TV. But, I mean, unless you can really study it and really see what the All-22 says, it's kind of hard to really know what happened on Saturdays or Sundays. And I'm just trying to give the fans what I think they really want, and I think they want it really bad. I, I do too. I probably enjoy watching them as much as I do the games themselves now, but I'm kind of a junkie, so I, I'm into it. So I, I'm, I'm looking, though, for the, the backstory here, Baldy, about how you put them together because you crank out so many of them. It, it's almost as if you just pick your phone up, Put it at the screen and just go. Is that how this works? Yeah, pretty much. But I also do a lot for the NFL Network, which, you know, I get onto an editing machine and use Fingerworks production to kind of produce them and all that kind of stuff. So um, that takes up a lot of time on money. But when I have some free time, that's exactly what I do. I just put it up to the screen and kind of just narrate what I'm looking at and what I think happened on the play. I'm not trying to... You know, pretend I know exactly what Sean Payton is calling or, you know, exactly what Dirk Carter called on Sunday against the Saints defense. But, you know, you watch this stuff enough. There's patterns that you can kind of explain to the viewers. And, you know, the only way to really learn the game, Sean, is by slowing it down. By slowing it down and then, you know, analyzing it when you slow it down to really show what happens on these plays, why they worked, why they didn't work. How do you pick the plays, Baldy? Uh... Well, you know, in the case of, you know, this, the Buccaneers against the Saints, I mean, you know, I, I don't know the last time the Saints defense gave up 550 yards of offense. So it's pretty clear that, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick had nearly a perfect afternoon. Uh, I just started by showing the touchdown throws in that game. But really kind of looking at the, the, the story of the game, I mean, whether it was Miles Garrett just affecting the game or Von Miller affecting the game against Seattle, I mean, you know, sometimes these players are superstars or buddy superstars for a reason. They, they affect the game, and so let's see how they get it. Brian Baldinger with us here, obviously, from the NFL, the NFL Network, and, of course, college football on Fox. Baldy, you did a couple of breakdowns from that week one game between the Saints and the Buccaneers, one of which was Ryan Fitzpatrick and why not. Baldy, how much of it was Fitzpatrick and the day that he put together, and how much, how much of it was Saints defensive breakdowns? Well, it was all of that, but I mean, you know, if you, you know, the touchdown throw to, uh, on the outside to, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to remember a play. Uh, here, Deshaun but, Jackson, you know, I think. 
Well, Deshaun Jackson yeah. had two of them, but I mean, look, I mean, he, it was good design. You know, they got the Brian Fitzpatrick was able to move Marcus Williams on the first touchdown and hold him and get him going in the other direction. Um, and so when that happened, it sort of really affected, uh, you know, what happened to Deshaun Jackson on the other side. He said he got a one-on-one against Marcus Crowley. But, you know, whether it was Mike Evans just taking on Marshawn Lattimore, it was just a stuttering go. And, you know, we didn't see that from Marshawn Lattimore last year getting beat like that. Uh, but Mike Evans beat him clean. And, you know, last Fitzpatrick put it right where Evans could get the ball. But, you know, the two touchdown throws to Deshaun Jackson was good design. And the other end of it, they had good protection. And Ryan Fitzpatrick had time to move the safeties, um, really go through his progressions and find open receivers. But it was a combination of everything. It was good protection. It was good design. And then, you know, I thought that Marshawn Lattimore would at least get his hands on Mike Evans on that play. He did that all year last year. And for whatever reason, he wasn't able to get his hands on him, and it was too late at that point. Brian, Sean Payton says that the biggest improvements in the NFL happened in these first couple of weeks from one game to the next in the first two to three games. Um, with that being said, when you saw the Saints defense in week one, how much of an improvement can they make? What's realistic going from one week to the next this time of year? Well, Sean's right. I mean, he's not wrong when he says that. Uh, you know, September is the new August. You guys don't play in the preseason. The timing isn't right. I'm watching Peyton Barber just dash him on the left side. And, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I, I – I think they've got improved their linebacking core, but when you everybody goes through the same gap and nobody's in the gap that Peyton Barber is dashing them on, you know, it's a fundamental error on the Saints defense. And so those kind of errors uh, can get cleaned up, you know, by playing and getting back into a rhythm of the game and, you know, knowing how hard you got to play and knowing that missed tackles lead to big plays and all that kind of stuff that happens to them. Uh, that can get cleaned up in a week or two for sure. The other breakdown you did from that game was about Michael Thomas. I see him every day. I appreciate him on one level. You know a lot more than I do, and you're watching the film. What are you learning about Michael Thomas as a wide receiver? Well, you know, his, his Twitter handle is you can't guard Mike. And you can't guard him. Partly because Drew Brees is just so accurate and trusts him anywhere on the field. So even if you do cover him, uh, whether it's a back shoulder fade or just a location of Drew's ball, I mean, Mike Evans is going to adjust to the ball, or Mike Thomas is going to adjust, adjust to the ball and, and get it. But, I mean, they do so many different things to create space for him uh, where he can just run the underneath pivot routes and, and little shake routes that he does. On the outside, um, he's got enough speed to separate. Uh, he adjusts to the ball in the air as well as any receiver in the game of football. You know, that, that game on – Sunday was amazing. I mean, they threw to him 17 times. He caught 16 passes. That means he's not dropping anything. He's catching everything that's thrown to him. Um, I think you could throw to him between him and Canara, which they basically did on Sunday. I mean, you could throw to those two guys every single play. Um, you know, Canara could be a starting wide receiver in this league the way that he runs routes. So, you know, but he's coming out of the backfield, which makes it difficult on any linebacker whether it was Alexander or Levante David, whoever was trying to cover him the other day, they couldn't cover him. It's amazing. Um, Cleveland this weekend for the Saints, Miles Garrett is the first guy I think of when I think of the Cleveland Browns. Is he is he the guy that I should be headlining for Cleveland? Well, he should be one of the guys. I mean, Denzel Ward had two interceptions in his full start in the NFL. 
Um, you know, I think I think Marshawn Lattimore and Ted Ginn Jr., I think they all could give a pretty good scout report on uh, Marshawn Lattimore. They all know him from Ohio State. They all know him from Cleveland. Um, you know, they all know him. Ted Ginn Sr. coached him in high school when he was the deuce, and the great players at that school were number two. And so they all know who, who he is. Um, but I would say that Miles Garrett, you know, he could change the game if you let him. I mean, Toronto Armstead's going to have his hands full. But I think that Drew Brees and, and Sean Payton will get the ball out before Miles Garrett, you know, can get there and before he can really impact the game. They're not going to hold the ball knowing what he's capable of doing on any given play. I mean, turn on the Philadelphia Eagles preseason game and what he did to their left tackle. Turn on week one last week and what he did in that game against Pittsburgh. Um, and they, and really, when you watch what they're doing, they, they use him as a linebacker. They move him around. They stun him. Um, he's not going to just line up with his hand on the ground at the right defensive end position. you got to know where 95 is on any given play. No doubt. Hey, Baldy, I'm thinking about Fitzpatrick from last week running laterally, breaking contain, getting himself out of the pocket, and now Tyrod Taylor goes up against the Saints this week. That seems like that's the guy I would have been more concerned about than Fitzpatrick. What does Tyrod Taylor present to the Saints' defense? Well, he scored the first touchdown of the season for the for the for the Browns. They call him a man covered, and I'm not so sure that uh, Todd Haley, the offense coordinator, didn't run. You know, all four receivers on a go route just to clear out all space. And, uh, and Tyrod Taylor just pulled it down and ran for the first touchdown of the year. You got to count for him. I don't know that you have to spy him. But you better think about something like that in third-down situations where he can break contain and he's an elite athlete. He was a leading rusher on Sunday. Um, he could be again on any given week, much like Russell Wilson can be on any given week. Um, he is, he's an elite athlete. Uh, he came out of Virginia Tech. The comparisons to Mike Vick weren't wrong. He has a lot of Mike Vick in him. And so, but the one thing about him is when he does get out of the pocket, he generally isn't looking to throw. He's looking to run. He's not a guy that um, is looking to throw first and then run. So I would say that, you know, when he breaks the game, you better treat him as a running back, period. Yeah. So the Saints are going to try and avoid going 0-2, but so are the Seahawks and the Falcons in half the league right now. Uh, Baldy, at the risk of jumping into the overreaction end of the swimming pool here in the NFL, um, what takeaways should we have on Wednesday here from week one in the NFL? What stuck out? Well, exactly what you said, exactly what you said, John. You shouldn't overreact. Now, you know, if you're the Detroit Lions, how could you not overreact to that performance on Monday night against uh, the youngest quarterback to, to start in the league in 50 years? Um, they were horrible on offense. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, can you not overreact by that eight-point performance against Carolina? Um, what you don't want to do is get to 0-2 and, and back up week one's performance with a similar performance, John. That's that's what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, if you're Tampa Bay, you're not going to think that you're going to put up 48 points you know, on a given team. Well, the Jets aren't going to score in the 40s every week. So you better be a little cautious that your offense hasn't completely arrived. Uh, there's a lot more that needs to be done. And really what you're looking for is to shake off the rust because preseason clearly isn't doing that for anybody anymore. And then just don't believe the hype, good or bad, after the first week of the season. Fair enough. Seven new, uh, seven head coaches in new places this past weekend. Baldy, none of them won. Is that just coincidence? I think it's a coincidence. I mean, I don't think that all seven are going to lose in week two. 
Uh, if that happens, then it's more than a coincidence. And, you know, the guys aren't uh, changing the culture and turning things around, which they were promising the fan bases to do. Uh, so I, I'll give it another week before we start to make any, you know, strong declarations. But uh, I think it's just a coincidence uh, after the first week. But look, they, they, the, the teams did not perform well in week one. So that's that's a sharp criticism of Don Gruden and Matt Patricia and, and the whole group. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, Baldy, before you go, I got to get a travel tip for our listeners out of you because. I tell this story all the time. I did a couple of college games with you last year, and because of your weekend with college and NFL, you're almost heading for the car before we go off the air on a college game. And this weekend you'll do it again, I think. I think you've got to go, what, from Manhattan, Kansas to Tampa? Is that correct? Yes, and I'm not sure how I'm going to do it yet. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm thinking about getting a camper and uh, driving half of it and sleeping half of it. I'm thinking about driving to Indianapolis and flying. Uh, we've got uh, a terrible, you know, hurricane brewing there on the East Coast, the Southeast region. So I don't know what Florence is going to do to to influence it, but um, it's in the back of my mind right now. It's it's well over a thousand miles from Manhattan, Kansas to Tampa. Wow. But I will be in that booth on Sunday morning. I know that. Have you ever missed one? I haven't. Uh, but I have used helicopters and I have used motorcycles and I have used. Uh, you know, the Clydesdales, uh, have you a variety of uh, things in order, and objects in order to get me out of these stadiums to get me on, on to the next step. How do you not stress out? Because that's all I see in people when I go to the airports now is people just wigging out, and yet you're doing this every weekend. Uh, I'm not saying that I don't stress out. Wigging out is going to help me. Um, just a whole lot of prayer, Sean. A whole lot of prayer, Sean. But, uh, I gotta keep my. I gotta keep my. Uh, I've got to keep everything in track here. I got. I, I got to get to the next meeting. That's that's where I have to do. However, I have to do it. So I have a. I have a good team around me. I have guys that do. You know, rock star escapes for Bruce Springsteen and Billy Joel. Uh, he's pretty good. And um, look, the uh, the American roads are still a pretty good byway in order to get from A to B. That, that may take place this weekend. It could. Safe travels, Baldy. I, I really, really appreciate it, knowing your schedule. And uh, and it's always, always great to have you and your and your knowledge. So have a great weekend. We'll talk to you down the road. Okay, you got it, Sean. I look forward to it, man. Take care, buddy. Well, I promised you a good one, and we got it, didn't we? Big thanks to Brian Baldinger. Safe travels to him. Don't forget, follow him on Twitter. Check him out at NFL.com for those Baldy breakdowns. You'll probably have them on one of your uh, uh, operating devices for a game live coming soon, whether it be college football or the NFL. Of course, it's the Saints and Browns this weekend, a Black and Blue Report podcast for you on Friday. The ladies will be back in Studio B. They'll have their unique perspective on the coming weekend, and hopefully the Saints will be uh, at the even watermark before heading out uh, next week. And that's when I'll be back with you uh, one week from today for our next Black and Blue Report uh, presented by SeatGeek. Basketball's right around the corner. It's 12 days to media day for the New Orleans Pelicans. So you know we'll be cranking up a basketball guest or two here shortly enough. So with that being said, uh, our thanks to uh, Mario Jerez today for producing our podcast and to Daniel Salerson as well. We wish him safe travels to the NBA broadcast meetings this week. <laughs> Another sign that the season is coming. And, of course, uh, we'll see you this weekend for Saints and Browns. Until then, take care, everybody. Go Saints, go Pelicans.